Welcome back to another edition of Broomsticks and Butterbeer. I'm Dan Rhino. I'm Jessica Rhino. This is episode 122. We're going to be talking about chapter 29 of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. And before we do that, we'll of course recap chapter 28. Jessica, what's new in your world? Not much. Uh, June was really busy and July's kind of chill, except for all the bad things that keep happening. Oh, we lost our power for several days. Four, yeah, about f- almost four days. My car blew a tire, uh-huh. and some other things broke, apparently. Uh-huh. Um, the tire place also doesn't know how to fix tires. Yeah, they put the wrong size tire Yeah, on there. And so my car kept, like, literally diving to the right. It was like my car was trying to kill me. It was very, very nerve-wracking. And then, and then we had the pool thing, but that happens all the time. Pool drama. Pool drama is ongoing. Yes, we do have a pool because we're rich. Woohoo! Because I'm a public educator and you're a librarian. Yeah, that, that works. And that equates to big, pretty big time money, I would say. I was to say, my, my boss today was talking about how she uses a food service because she doesn't cook. Oh, okay. And then she admitted that was bougie. Okay. And I was like... Oh, so apparently librarians... Yeah, yeah, librarians make bank. We all know that. Apparently. Uh, before we talk about chapter 28, which is uh, what happened on the last episode, and before we get into chapter 29, I want to give everybody a little uh, preview or a heads up about something that's coming up next month. Oh, yeah, we got good news, too. Yeah, we got some good our, news. In the middle of our wah-wah news. Uh, so we've been invited to Fan Expo Chicago, which is one of the bigger conventions in the country uh we did did c2e2 uh last year which is one one of the bigger comic cons in the country as well fan expo chicago originally wizard world chicago which was originally the first comic con that i ever went to back in 2000 i believe me too then at the uh donald e stevens convention center in rosemont Illinois and the suburbs of Chicago. It's like uh, McCormick Place and C2E2 has just become so regular for us. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's like our home field. Now we're going somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Playing an away weird. game. Yeah. I've been there a couple of times, but not enough or recent enough to like really remember the setup of the place and whatever. So I think that's going to be a little weird. So it is Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's a big, it's a four-day show. I think we get like 70,000 people at this Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. It's a big show. It's a big one. Uh, not, you know, not quite as big as like New York or San Diego, but 
it's it's up there. It's definitely in the in the top seven or eight. And it is, like I said, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, August. I guess that would be tenth, eleventh, twelfth, and thirteenth. That seems right. And twenty twenty three, of course. So if you're listening to this in twenty twenty four, it already happened and it went perfectly. Uh, but we've been invited to host another of our nationwide famous Wizarding World of Harry Potter trivia panels. Yes. I'd say at least Midwest. Yeah, Midwest famous. <laughs> like, are you famous? Eh, I mean, we're, we're there Midwest are people famous. on both coasts that know about it. Yeah. So that would make it nationwide. Yeah, okay. Nationwide um, is on um, your side. And of course, you know, maybe there'll be some Irish people there. Maybe. Another shrimp on the Barbie. Please don't be mad at me anymore. (laughs) I don't know what I was saying. It'd be so funny if some person from Ireland was in town for the for the convention. They came up to you and yell at me. Yeah. I I meant that it was like a good thing that we didn't have like a cliche saying for Irish people. You know, when you're saying. You say Australian, people go, oh, yeah. Where's, can you mate? hit the Hermione stop, stop, stop? Stop, stop, stop. There you go. Okay, stop. <laughs> if you're coming to the show, and there are going to be a lot of you coming to the show, we are going to be hosting our Harry Potter trivia on Saturday, August 12th at 1130. Oh, I didn't even know the time. So They knew before I knew. Breaking news. <laughs> Saturday, August 12, 2023, 11.30 in the a.m. The location, it says, is the cosplay red carpet. Red carpet? Yeah, I don't know what that means. I'm guessing it's kind of like a... Kind of like a stage area? Yeah, probably like a a stage area. Mm. Probably similar to... The yard? uh, I bet it's similar to C2E2's The Yard, where people can go and like get their picture taken and stuff like that. But yeah, cosplay red carpet, it says. On uh, Saturday, August 12, 2023 at 1130 at Fan Expo Chicago in Rosemont, Illinois. Get your tickets. I believe it's fan, is it fanexpo.com or fanexpohq? Uh, let me look it up right now. Just say something while I'm looking it up. Something. No, I, I thought you were going to have it quicker than that. Good, 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 uh, good job covering <laughs> for me. Fan Expo HQ. Dot com is where you can get tickets. FanExpoHQ.com. And uh, when I pull that up, it says, back, uh, I guess that's the most recent numbers they had was uh, 2019. They had 70,000 people at that show. Michael J. Fox is going to be there. That's a big get. It's a big get. Yeah. So there's going to be a uh, lot of big stars there, including us. Yes, uh, we are. Big star. But we don't charge for pictures or autographs. No, we don't. So, well, you might. Eh, we'll see. And, you know, me, I said on the last episode, I am ranked number one. But even with that high ranking, I don't charge for autographs. Ranked for number one? I don't know. But I don't know either. <laughs> my dog is licking my toes And I just right kicked now. him. <laughs> like, I really kicked him. I was sorry. I didn't know he was under the table. So, FanExpoHQ.com. Hopefully, we'll see some of you guys next month in Chicago. 
But today, let's talk about Chapter 29 for Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. And before we do that, let's talk about Chapter 28 and do a quick review. Snape's Worst Memory. Dolores Umbridge is the new headmaster at Hogwarts, even though she doesn't get the office. Draco Malfoy has joined Umbridge's evil Hall Monitor Society, who can't apparently take away house points willy-nilly. The Weasley boys are feeling their oats even more than usual and put one of the evil Hall Monitors into a vanishing cabinet. More on that later. Umbridge tries to drug Harry into revealing what he knows about the whereabouts of Sirius and Dumbledore. Fred and George interrupt the attempted drugging of Harry by unleashing a magical fireworks display that pretty much wreaks havoc for the rest of the day and causes Umbridge all kinds of trouble. Harry has another dream but still can't figure out what Voldemort wants so bad. Harry has another fight with Cho because he just doesn't understand girls. Then goes to Occlumency lessons with Snape. Snape, as usual, takes certain memories and puts them into the Pensieve for safekeeping. And when Snape leaves to deal with the Slytherin boy that the Weasleys got rid of reappearing inside a toilet, Harry peeks at Snape's memories and sees Harry's dad and Sirius being horrible bullies towards Snape back in the day. Snape catches Harry peeking at the memories and has a huge outburst as the chapter ends. Dun, dun, dun. Chapter 29, what we're here to talk about today, called Career Advice. Uh, Harry lies to his friends about why he's no longer taking occlumency lessons with Snape. And I wonder why he doesn't just tell the truth. Like, is Harry still, like, kind of shocked, like, processing what he saw in the Pensieve? Like, why doesn't he just tell his friends the truth about what happened? I don't think he really wants to tell anybody that his dad was a jerk. Mm -hmm. Like, that's just not something little boys who idolize, generally idolize their dads are going to want to do. It's just not information he wants to share with them. At least not yet. He, He said he's still processing, but I, you know... You don't usually want to tell somebody when one of your family members has done something really bad. You think he's just kind of embarrassed by it? Yeah, embarrassed. Kind of uncomfortable with people knowing that Harry's dad isn't as great as some people think. Some people have made him out to be. You know, it's a common thing. Nobody likes to talk about the dead, Mm -hmm. even if that person was not a great person. They all of a sudden are because right. they've passed away. Um, so well, it happens a lot with celebrities and uh, even family members. You know, you kind of if they're not here to defend themselves, you feel kind of uncomfortable. You know, throwing them under mm-hmm. the bus, and hopefully they didn't really die by getting thrown under a bus because that would That'd be, be bad. You couldn't yeah. do it twice. Um. Yeah, so I think he's, one, still processing, two, kind of embarrassed, three, also, there's a lot of comparisons between him. People compare him to his dad a lot. And um, later in the chapter, we talk about, you know, oh, well, he was a kid, he was 15. He's like, he is the same age I am now. Yeah. Why Why are you defending this and making this okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, him and Draco kind of have this, bad relationship not that that one's the same but it just there's a lot of comparisons and i feel like harry's doesn't know what to think he just doesn't know why he wants to talk to somebody 
So Harry's having issues processing how badly his father and his godfather treated Snape. And basically just because Snape happened to exist. But Harry's also wondering how in the world his mother, Lily, could have fallen in love with James, right? That's just Mm got to be another thing that's he just can't process. That that got kind of dark. He says, like, she hated him. She was glaring at him in the memory and this and that. And then he says that he wonders if his dad forced her. Mm-hmm. To marry him, I don't, Jesse doesn't go into detail of how he would force her. But, well, you would, I mean, you the know, first thing that would come to my mind would be one of the unforgivable curses. curses mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, Harry's going down a dark path here, mm-hmm. and you know, that's just not something you want to share with your friends. So uh, again, this episode brought to you by depression. <laughs> Uh, Another of the changes Umbridge has made is that she's going through all the incoming and outgoing deliveries at Hogwarts. So Harry really needs to be careful about his communications, but they don't say this, but I'm guessing Umbridge isn't committing mail fraud for every student, right? I'm sure she's not. I'm sure she's not going through the Malfoy's mail. No, no. they're They're one of the ones helping her go through it, I'm sure. On the Evil Hall Monitor Society. Yeah. So she's just committing mail fraud for the people she doesn't like, I'm sure. Sure. The one she suspects. Well, our chapter was titled Career Advice, and all of the fifth year students are going to have a little bit of a counselor type meeting with their head of house and talk about their future. So what's that going to look like? Um, it should just be... The Gryffindors sit down with Professor McGonagall and look through all these brochures. <laughs> There's a lot of brochures. A lot of brochures. And I don't know. Maybe it's just because like, I feel like I know these characters fairly well. And I know like how they are in the future. That I'm like, why are you looking through that one? That's obviously not your thing. Why mm. would you even pick that brochure up? Maybe they're just bored. Or maybe People don't know what, what they want to do when they're 15. They don't know. Did you know what you wanted to do when you were 15? Well, no. I mean, I thought I did. What did you want to do? Marine biology. Play with the dolphins all the time, of, of course. course. Like ride them. <laughs> ride them. Play with them. Be a mermaid. You know, normal 15-year-old stuff. But Harry does basically know what he wants to do when he gets to his meeting. So, you know, it's not that far-fetched. I guess I'm just trying to, when I was 15, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I definitely didn't want to be a teacher. No. <laughs> I, that definitely hadn't happened. I guess when I was 15, though, I hadn't, my favorite teacher in high school, I, I wouldn't meet him until I was 16 or 17, Mr. Sanker. And he was the one that kind of made me think that that could be a possibility of something I would want to do. When I was 15, I didn't, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I still thought I was going to like play professional baseball or something like that probably in like i don't remember fifth or sixth grade i wanted to be a writer mm-hmm. i told my mom that and she laughed at me oh and i laughed she was just like yeah lots of people want to be writers you're not you can't be a writer 
was like, I mean, basically said I wanted to become an actress in Hollywood kind of kind of response. Your, and it mo- was your mom like, was very supportive, very... Yeah, no. You know, <laughs> reach out and catch those dreams, nope. little Jesse. Nope. <laughs> she did not support that one whatsoever, so I never spoke of it again. She's like, no, go learn a trade. I, Which, in hindsight, we both probably should have done. Yeah. I did write books, though, in elementary school. Mm-hmm. Of course, they were cheerleader murder mysteries. Of course, so. as one does. Don't you think the cheerleader murder mystery genre has gotten a little oversaturated? Absolutely not. You can never have too many cheerleader murder mysteries. I agree. I can't name one. I don't know why there are so many like middle school murder mysteries. I think well, most of them are in high school. Are you a big Sweet Valley High girl? Is that was that where you're getting your? No, I liked Goosebumps, and I was a cheerleader, so I think I just mixed those together. Mm -hmm. There's a cheerleader Goosebumps one, isn't there? I don't know. I don't remember. You're asking me like a a librarian or something. But you are. Oh no, I'm not a good one though. But you're like a child. You're like a children's librarian, which is where you would find the goosebumps yeah, you would, books. You would think that I would know some of these things, but mm-hmm. no, I'm not very good at my job. So, yeah, career advice. Uh, I guess we're going to be sitting down, and we talked about in the past how like your first five years are kind of like your what do we say, kind of like your high school and your sixth and seventh year, kind of more like your college, you're more specialized. Yeah, Yeah, I was going to bring that up too. Their school's just structured differently than ours, so they kind of have to pick a focus earlier, I think. So some of the brochures we see in this chapter are, so you think you'd like to work in muggle relations. (laughs) Which Hermione looks at, which makes sense, but that's the easy path for her. Uh, have you got what it takes to train security trolls? You're throwing things. Why are you throwing things at me? <laughs> I was trying to throw it at, at Nightwing to get him to play with it because it wouldn't make noise because he, he's looking at his other toys that do make noise, and I missed. I threw it Hasn't gotten these toys out for several days. That's not true. He had his <laughs> toys out last night. And as this soon as we like start recording, toy it's toy time. Uh, make a bang at the Department of Magical Accidents and Catastrophes. I like that. That one sounds interesting. Any of those sound appealing to you? Muggle relations, training security trolls. I, I, I don't want to talk to any muggles at all. Um, I don't want to work with the trolls. That sounds disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's, a, and, and that's kind of like a banking career, right? The security troll one? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what she said. The last one didn't sound so bad. You gotta deal with the catastrophes, except for it was the exploding toilets, which I don't think I want to deal with that. You don't want to be a magical custodian? No. But I don't necessarily want to go out and try and catch bad guys either. Yeah. So. That doesn't sound appealing uh, to me at all. I don't know what my magic. That's that. We're gonna have to think about that. What would be our career that we would choose if we were at Hogwarts? Mm-hmm. Something safe for me. I'd like to. You'd probably just be a professor. Some, some Something low risk. <laughs> I don't want to be out there risking, well, risking my neck. Nothing at Hogwarts is low risk. Oh, I wouldn't be teaching at Hogwarts. I'd be at like a, what's the community college equivalent <laughs> of Hogwarts? <laughs> like, yeah, he's an adjunct professor. You could drive the night bus. He'd be the, I'm the, I'd be the cool professor that bikes to work. <laughs> and lets all the kids call him by his first name. Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, 
Harry is really taking what he saw in the Pensieve very poorly. And Harry really wants to talk to Sirius about it. But Umbridge is monitoring the owls and the mail and the entire flu network is being monitored as well. Except for the fire in Umbridge's office. That was a little... Which is why we had to have the the evil villain rant. We had to have the, the evil attempted drugging scene. Yeah. In order she had to, to for drop that, plot that point. little nugget right there in Harry's lap. <laughs> yeah, just like Umbridge dropped the little nugget into his drink to All get him to talk. All the flu networks are being monitored, except for mine, of course. Mm-hmm. So the plan is Fred and George will make a big distraction, which they're very good at. Harry will sneak into Umbridge's office, use her fireplace, and try to contact Sirius. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? That's like when we undertake a job here at the at uh, Rhino Manor. We say, how hard could it be? How hard could it be? Like a home improvement <laughs> what, project. What, what could go how wrong? How hard could it be? And the next thing you know, the toilet's in the bathtub. And, <laughs> and <laughs> we're, just and a couple of days. And we're, and we're having to go to the, uh, to the gas station to go potty. Yeah. What could go that wrong? That wasn't our fault, though. It was, I mean, it's kind of my fault, I'm sure. Anytime I try to fix anything, I inevitably make it worse. Even though that was the time that they were redoing the floor and the pipes, and then it flooded. Oh. And then half of half of Florissant, where we live, flooded. And so then the plumber couldn't come when he was supposed to come, and everything got pushed back and delayed, and we didn't have a toilet for like two and a half days. Gotcha. That was a mess. Yeah. For Like I said, though, for me, I... I kind of feel like that I have these ideas of things I want to do, and I'm like, I'm a relatively smart person. I should be able to figure this out. I know how to use basic tools. And then I get in the process of it and inevitably make something worse. And sometimes I can recover, mm-hmm. and sometimes I have to call somebody to come clean up my mess. Help! And that's, I guess that's what handy men are for. Yes. Cleaning up the mess that uh, you made by trying there's a whole to fix commercial the mess in about the first that place. right now. Is it? About the DIY home improvement people oh, yeah. and needing help. Yeah, that's me. I need all kinds of help, mentally and physically and emotionally. Uh, I liked the part in History of Magic class where Hermione, for five minutes straight, it seems, is just laying into Harry about how risky this plan is. But she's kind of doing it in like a, like a hiss, hissy whispered voice. So much so that Seamus thinks his cauldron is leaking. That's potions. Is it? Was it potions? Yeah. I thought it was, they don't have a cauldron in. See, that, I of guess Mazda. that's why I was confused. I looked at. I looked it back up, and I thought it was like um, in Binz's class. No, but they did talk in. But I mean, she did it the whole day. She okay. did it the whole day. Was going after him, and in Binz's class, Ron was like, "Give it a rest. Are you even going to take notes?" And she was like, "You can take notes. It won't kill you." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Ron, they Ron normally like, just Hermione, read her Hermione, if you're notes. not taking notes, how are we going to get these notes? <laughs> He's like, take them yourself? <laughs> oh, no. No, that's not a good... Nobody no. wants Ron taking notes, no. let's face it. No, not at all. And then, yeah, later in Potions was the leaky cauldron suspicion and just just all day. But she made some good points. 
She did. She had a lot of good points, but she made it like this. Like she was speaking parcel tongue. She had to be extra quiet in Snape's class because you know he would yeah. get on her for it. Speaking of Snape's class, when Harry turns his potion in that he turned in for a grade, did Snape just knock it onto the floor? Yep. And gave him a zero. So just when I'm starting to feel sorry for Snape... <laughs> He's still upset. He got his feelings hurt. So he's... Harry... That was like big time betrayal of trust and invasion of privacy and all of those things. I understand that. Big time. And I understand Harry's a child and he's an adult. But we've already established that some of these adults are not very adult. No. That's a fireable offense in the world of education. Like somebody turns in um, a paper and you just like rip it up in front of them and throw it in the shredder well it was an accident okay i'll just say that next time <laughs> some kid gets mad at me i used to tell the kids all the time it's like that i had a pro- professor but a teacher in high school that if you didn't put your name on it you would just bought, wad it up and throw it in the trash because you should know how to put your name on your paper yeah by the time you get to high school so like in today's education yeah bunch of whiny parents yeah you can't you just can't do those things you know you can't there's no accountability for the kids and you can't make there be accountability yeah there can't be consequences for (laughs) their actions right exactly but we digress uh Harry heads to his career advice meeting with Professor McGonagall. After he forgot. After he forgot, of course. And, of course, Umbridge is there taking notes as well. And he would... She doesn't have enough responsibilities. Like, she's teaching Defense Against the Dark Arts. I guess, ish. She's teaching ish. Yeah. She's, she's she has a class sitting that she has there to go to. And having them read. But she's the the headmistress now, but she's still anything involved with Harry. She kind of feels like she has to, you know, get her claws into it. So Umbridge is there taking notes, and Harry mentions that he may want to become an Auror after school. So do you think this is just the first thing that pops into his mind, or do you think he's really put some thought into this? I think he's put some thought into it. You know, with giving the Defense Against the Dark Arts class, club, whatever Mm -hmm. you want to call it, you know, they did talk about that and how he is good at these things. These Defense Against the Dark Arts skills seem to come natural to him. So they, this has been talked about, and I think that would be a natural progression of thought there for him to be like you know what what could I do with these skill besides teach defense against the dark arts well McGonagall goes through the steps that Harry will need to take in order to make this horror career happen he's going to have to up his grades in a few of his classes which is going to be tough when you're one, of, one of your classes the professor's just throwing your assignments basically in the garbage throw it on the purpose. ground yeah and Umbridge just can't help but put her two cents in. So what does Umbridge feel that she needs to add to this conversation? And 
How does McGonagall react to this? Well, she does her little <clears throat> cough a couple of times and McGonagall ignores her. Because I love McGonagall. Then she hems some more and McGonagall offers her a coffee drop. And continues to ignore her. But eventually she does butt in and say that she doesn't feel that Harry has the temperament mm-hmm. or the grades to be an aura and the disposition the disposition mm-hmm. that he will never work for the ministry and then she even says he has a criminal record and <laughs> like he was cleared of all charges mm-hmm. he has a criminal record he will never work for the ministry they go back and forth about each thing for a little bit including the grades and she McGonagall said that you know he's gotten decent grades from all of his Defense Against the Dark Arts teachers and Umbridge is like not from me <laughs> and McGonagall says well I'm sorry from all of the competent yeah. Defense Against the, the Dark Arts teachers all the ones that are were worthwhile yes which there haven't been many we had we <laughs> had been. we had the one with the, uh, the the Dark Lord living in the back of his turban yeah. Uh, we had Lupin, who couldn't make it through the year because of uh, the werewolf issue. Yeah. Um, who, who else do we have? Uh, Lockhart. Lock- <laughs> <laughs> How'd you forget about Lockhart? I don't know. I mean, I he forgot know. about himself, but I didn't think you'd yeah. forget about him. Yeah. It, it, they've had just a bad run of, of teachers here. So, I don't know if... I mean, I guess Lupin is the, the best of the bunch. <laughs> and we don't really know about Professor Quirrell. Maybe he was okay. He just happened to have the Dark Lord in his head. Yeah. But his, his teaching skills might have been okay. We don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. He seemed like a little bit of a putz to me. <laughs> yeah. Well... But that could have been, you know, the fact that he had the Dark Lord living in his mm-hmm. turban. So who knows? I mean, he had to have had some sort of quality before that incident because Dumbledore picked him. So I kind of just imagine that McGonagall and Umbridge are like these two dogs that are just like barking in each other's face. And Harry, I'm just kind of imagine him just sleeking out of the room and quietly oh. closing the door. Go now. It's kind of like, well, there's really nothing else for me to be here for. Mm-hmm. Um, so they do get to the point where McGonagall says, Harry, you'll become an or I will. That's the last thing, thing I do. do. And the, she's, you know, Umbridge is saying he'll never work for the Over ministry. He'll never body. work for Fudge. And McGonagall's like, well, Fudge won't be the ministry magic forever. <laughs> Maybe by the time Harry is old enough to be an aura. Fudge will retire. Like, she's just meaning maybe he's retired, but of course, Umbridge reads into that as saying, Oh, that you'd like that, wouldn't you? I knew it. I knew it. You want Dumbledore to be the Minister of Magic. Yeah. So Harry just kind of sleeks out, and a little bit after that, the Weasley's distraction is on. And it's, it's not. Na- it's now or never for Harry if he's going to talk to Sirius. Harry makes it to Umbridge's office and plans to do the floating head fireside chat thing that Sirius has done in the past. Yeah, easy, right? Now Never Harry, done it before, but we're going to figure it out. Harry's traveled via the flu network before. With, not successfully. With, yeah, with, <laughs> not, with not a great level of success. 
But this has got to be a, a much different sensation, right? Just having your head travel through while you're instead of your whole body. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's got to be very weird. disorienting. Yeah, he said he felt very little nauseous. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I never experienced it, but yeah, it seems like it would be there'd be vomit. It's like I feel like there'd be vomit. It's like just sticking your head into a tornado instead of just your whole body. You'd be dead. I'll be careful. <laughs> no, that's not going to work. If you have Star Wars on your pop culture bingo uh, boards, go ahead and go mark, ahead and mark those that now. off. But it's not just serious that Harry has the conversation with. Lupin's there too. And Harry really wants an explanation for what he saw in the Pensieve. But it doesn't go exactly the way Harry predicted, right? Like, he- like Lupin and Sirius kind of get like nostalgic reliving a story involving James. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said a million times, I know what happens, but it's been a long time since I've read these. And so sometimes I'm a little surprised or at least I think I'm kind of far enough away from it and reading it, not for the first time, but kind of reading it fresh that I'm like, not just like on cruise control where I know what's going to happen. I'm, I was kind of surprised by this in the fact that Harry wanted to go straight to Sirius. I don't think I would want to. Like, that seems too close. And I was, when Lupin was sitting there, I was like, oh, this would be so much better. Talk to Lupin mm-hmm. and get that side of the story. I just feel like he'd be easier to talk to and it would be less confrontational, although this didn't turn out confrontational, really. But you got to remember that it's serious accusing. It is, but Sirius is not that Lupin isn't like family, but Sirius is literally like family. family. Because yeah, if for all intents and purposes, Sirius is kind of Harry's dad right now. You know, he's the god. That's why you have a godfather in case something happens to you. Mm-hmm. You know, the godfather, godmother, can help raise the kid and you know this is if he really wants to get to the heart of the matter he probably does need to talk to Sirius but I agree Lupin would be the easier, easier conversation, conversation yeah. it just seemed very direct to go straight to, and potentially bad like it could have gone another way you never know what you're going to get with Sirius yeah especially and the maturity s- level isn't there so he's very erratic his, his behavior is very erratic. But the, I guess the thing that kind of caught me off guard is that, you know, Harry's like really, this, this has just been gnawing at him since what he saw in the Pensieve. I, I doubt he's been able to eat much. I bet he hasn't been able to, you know, sleep much or study or be comfortable. He seems, you know, very distracted by everything based on what he saw in the Pensieve. And when he t- retells the story, uh, Sirius and Lupin are just kind of like, oh, yeah. Yeah, he did used to do that thing with his hair. and it's <laughs> funny. You know, it's it's almost like they're, they're waxing poetic about the good old times. Mm-hmm. And then there's the kind of what you mentioned earlier, Lupin and Sirius kind of blaming the James's and Sirius's antics on just being dumb teenagers. 
and kind of just brushing off like it's not, oh, he grew out of it. It's not a big deal. You can't judge he him based on what he did. He was only 15. We did a lot of stupid things when we were 15. Harry's like, I'm 15. So this is like, seeing what he saw in the Pensieve is like the end of Harry's world. What he knew about his dad, right? And what he knew about his mom, fa- you know, falling in love with a guy who could be so mean. His world is basically breaking down. And I guess it just caught me off guard that Lupin and Sirius are just very nonchalant about it. Say bro about it. Just like those were the good old days. And, now, and Sirius, to his credit, does, you know, feel a little ashamed mm-hmm. uh, about which we, we should, you know, if, you know, we can't be judged on the things we say and do when we're dumb kids. However, you should feel bad about those things and feel a little remorse about it so it doesn't happen in the future. Yes, but see, this is where I get frustrated with him and inconsistencies in his character. He kind of was like, oh yeah, it was for really for no good reason and just because he existed. And yeah, we were, we were kind of jerks. Okay, I feel kind of bad. But he still hates Snape with a passion to this day to the point where they had wands drawn in the yeah. kitchen. So I feel like it wouldn't have the conversation wouldn't have gone that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like he would have stuck to his guns and been like, well, Snape's stupid and I hate him and that's just the end of it. And he deserved everything he got. So I don't, I just don't like some of these where he, it just seems he's, his character's very inconsistent. Yeah, very erratic for sure. Uh, but before the conversation ends, Sirius gets very upset at the fact that Harry's occlumency lessons are being discontinued. So you know that, that if, Sirius is so adamant about these continuing. It must be something that's very important to Dumbledore's plans. Uh, but we've got some big commotion going on in another part of the castle. What are the Weasleys up to? This is great. I just love... I know you think this one book goes slow, but I this is one of my favorite books. And we're kind of getting to where everything just starts going. The ball starts really rolling. Um, they turned a part of the school into a swamp nice like a full-on swamp in the middle of school and um are we going all the way to that let's go okay yeah. uh so harry gets interrupted had to go out of the the fire conversation because he heard footsteps and he had to hide and which comes in and gets some paperwork <laughs> that says that he can now the, beat the children. He, he can now whoop the, whoop the kids. <laughs> Go get us. Pick me out a switch. <laughs> and he is so excited. Yep. And he goes running back. Harry kind of follows. And we don't really get a whole. I think later we do get a description about what was happening because I guess Harry doesn't really see it. Mm-hmm. And so maybe later somebody explains it to him because I feel like I read I've read a description of what actually happened with this swamp. But anyway, we don't really get it here. We just Harry comes up and the commotion's kind of over with. Everyone's in the corridor, kind of in a circle. Fred and George are in the middle, and Umbridge is ready to let them have it. And they just are like, no, we're not sticking around for this. We're done. And that's something they've been teasing for a while, that they don't really need to be here. Mm-hmm. And it looks like that time's finally come. Akio brooms and, and Fred and George 
fly away from Hogwarts. They do a little commercial for themselves, mm-hmm. a little plug. Yep. About where they're located. They have a building now. Yeah. It's a big secret room. Yeah, when did that reveal? all happen? Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> they have a store. They're going to go open it and come on by. And anybody who promises to use their goodies mm-hmm. to wreak havoc on Umbridge gets a discount. Nice. Uh, and they tell Peeves to, you know. Yeah. Give her heck for us. Yes. And he takes his orders. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's ready. Even. He's like, yes, yes. <laughs> I hope we get Peeves in the in the HBO Max edition. Yeah, version. And we should it. because you know, we'll, if it's a series, you'll have more opportunity to you know expand I on some of these things. I think at the time they it was more of the the special effects yeah. got costly too. I think they were, there was talk about that. Mm-hmm. So they really limited the ghosts. I mean, they were a lot, they're in the first movie a lot, you mm-hmm. know, when they're meeting them and they're in the Great Hall and this and that, and then they kind of just fade out and you don't really Which feel is kind of weird. Like, much. It's kind of weird them, Except you know, Myrtle. pleading poverty over, oh, we, I don't know if we have a, in we're, the we're, we're penny, we're penny pitching on, you know, uh, a franchise that's worth you know, I don't know, billion, a billion dollars, yeah. you know, whatever. Star Wars was four billion. I don't know if it's worth the Harry Potter would be worth as, as much as Star Wars was, is, but it's got to be a billion dollar franchise, mm-hmm. you would think. And back then we were penny pitching because of the CGI, yeah. which now you could probably do, you know, the, the CGI that you could probably do now on your iPhone is, Better you know, comparable. Yeah, then, yeah, exactly. But this played out very differently in the movie. Yes. In the movie, it's almost like the fireworks scene and the swamp scene were combined. Combined, yeah. And if I remember correctly, this is one of the scenes that I do remember. Uh, I believe the kids were all taking exams. Yeah, it was like during exams, which we know from this chapter... The boys were very um, considerate about. Yes. They didn't want to interrupt leisure time because they were on their Easter holiday. And they didn't want to interrupt kids studying for their exams because mm-hmm. that would be Yeah, Hermione even kind of goes, huh. <laughs> I didn't. Very, I didn't very know you had it in you. you. But in the movie, they're just like, they just burst in <laughs> to the testing room. Start, you know, I remember the big fireworks dragon that, mm-hmm. you know, engulfs Umbridge and all the pictures falling off the wall and then fred and george are gone yeah and the fireworks scene which happened uh, a day or two before this and this the swamp scene just doesn't happen i don't believe no it's both kind of combined combined and moved one, to the end truncated of the school year in order to uh you know for time i'm guessing mm-hmm. hopefully in the uh in the more spread out series we'll get to see all of the shenanigans that the weasleys get up to that'd be great lots of catherine wheels hopefully mm-hmm. uh, but that's how the uh chapter ends were you okay with how differently it played out in the movie would you were you okay with them kind of uh combining those multiple scenes into one or would you re- you're a fan I of mean, you're a fan of shenanigans i am a fan of shenanigans i you know of course you're on you... record as a fan of shenanigans <laughs> Of course, I like um, when they include all the things from the books, but I also know they cannot 
include all the things from the books. Mm-hmm. And some things can be condensed rather well. And this might have been one of them. I like said it's been a while since I've seen the movies. Maybe I'll have to pay more attention when we watch it at the end of here. Yeah. See how I feel. Uh, but I, I can think of other examples where they combine things and I'm like, mm, yeah, that works. Gotcha. That's okay. You got both things in there and that's what's important. So things are really going to be changing now. The Weasley boys are gone, seemingly off to start their new lives as uh, adults. Jo- joke, joke prank salesmen in Diagon Alley. And things are, the times they are changing. Yeah, I, when we were getting ready to record this, I was kind of thinking about that. This doesn't seem really like that big of a deal. It doesn't, I mean, we knew it was kind of coming. The boys have been hinting at it, but I kind of feel like this is like low key, the big changing point in a, it's one of the mm-hmm. big changing points in the series. Very much, yeah. Um, like you said, it's never going to be the same. Hogwarts without Fred and George. We've never known a Hogwarts without Fred and George. So this never is known a Hogwarts without Dumbledore. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of in the last couple chapters, it's really been a, a tipping point. He's kind of been hiding the holes book though so it kind of doesn't feel like as drastic i guess for him to be gone because he hasn't been present yeah so that was kind of like it eased us into that change but this one i think makes a big difference well that is chapter 29 career advice we do have an email (gasps) we have an email uh this one sent to us from jonathan at Broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com. Don't, don't you dare cut me off. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I got excited. I'm I wanted to say hi to Jonathan. <laughs> Sorry. Let's try that again. Uh, this email comes from Jonathan. Hi, Jonathan. Courtesy of broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com. And Jonathan's from Kalamazoo, Michigan. I, I've never been to Kalamazoo, Michigan, but there is a big UKC dog show in Kalamazoo, Michigan. It's a big deal, but I've never gone there because it's kind of far. I just like saying it. Kalamazoo. Kalamazoo. I like Manitowoc, Wisconsin. That's fun. That's a fun Words one. are fun. Some, some words. Some words are hard. Uh, Jonathan says, one of my favorite games that I play with my daughter is the sorting game. One of us will name a character from outside the Harry Potter universe, and the other will sort that character into a Hogwarts house. Often, villains are automatically placed into Slytherin, but as a Slytherin, I take issue with this. One that stands out for me, for example, is Harley Quinn. I think she's the perfect example of a villainous Hufflepuff. She's loyal to a fault and must have a ridiculous amount of patience to have to put up with the Joker. What are your thoughts? Mm. So what are your thoughts overall on... Harley this, that's, Quinn? That's something... We'll get to Harley Quinn in a second. But just overall, you and I have done this before. We've done this at Comic-Cons before, where we put like SpongeBob SquarePants up on the screen and everybody uses their device to vote where they would sort Spongebob into, or where they mm-hmm. would sport, uh, sort Scooby-Doo into, or where they would sort Captain America into. We've done that before, so it is a fun game to play. What are your thoughts on the fact that a lot of times villains are just default into Slytherin? Fair or unfair? Unfair and lazy. Oh, wow. Take that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> kind of hurt my feelings. 
Well, not you. Do you <laughs> automatically put villains I, in? Yeah, no, but you're the one you're you're the one looking directly across from me and saying unfair and lazy. So I'm the one who But do you do the thing we're talking it. about? I mean probably sometimes I've done it. Oh, well then unfair and lazy. Okay. Yeah. Hurts my feelings. Because <laughs> you're a puff. I'm hurt. So how do we how do we combat that? I I don't I don't know that it's like it's a big it's a big issue that I would think that the federal government's going to get fun game going to get involved with if we don't nobody's actually getting hurt by it. I my feelings just got hurt. You asked me what I thought. I told you. So unfair that Slytherins are automatically the villains are automatically villains are automatically into Slytherin. Yes. Um. Jonathan mentioned the Harley Quinn example. Do you agree with that? See, as soon as you said Harley Quinn, I went straight to Ravenclaw because she was a doctor. Right. And um, she had to have some brains there in the beginning. Mm -hmm. I don't know where they (laughs) went. (laughs) I don't know where they went. But, oh, I'm going to insult all the doctors here in a second. But I, I worked for a lot of doctors. And they seemed to get a little kooky. Like, I don't, I was, is it like they got, they're a little kooky and so they decided to go to school to be a doctor and go to school for all that time? Or is it all that strain on their brain Uh or just they spend all their time studying and not enough time socializing that they lose some social skills? Uh I don't know, but they get a little kooky. Well, there's, medicine is, is such a hard field to be in because most of the time, you're dealing with stuff that's negative. You know, people come to you when they're hurt or when they're sick or if they're dying. Uh, they don't even if you come up with the right answer to help them, then it's your fault. Right. Like the people are mad at you because you're the one who told right. them that it's this. And and then you, you have to have malpractice insurance because even when you try to do your job, if something goes wrong, you know, just like a, a plumber fixing pipes, mm-hmm. you know, he could have fixed a million and then a million and one, something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Not by any fault of his. It's just the, the nature of, of how things happen. It's got to be a, just a stressful, often thankless, especially like nursing you know, even more so than than being a, a doctor or a physician, it's just such a thankless, dangerous, um, hard job. You know, I just I hear these horror stories from my brother and my sister in law of things that they've seen in in hospitals, and that's got to just drive you a little kooky. You mm-hmm. know. It's got to be hard on the on, on the brain, so you don't blame them for being a little off. But uh, back to Harley Quinn. Yeah, <laughs> so a hard, kinda, kinda hard turn there. As a, uh, it was it, as it was like my car with the yeah. bad tire. It just yeah, it dove just off to the, the side. Right. No, no, there was no drifting. It was yeah. just diving. Um, but he made Jonathan made some good points with the the loyalty and the patience. Um, and so, she's fun. And she's Hufflepuffs are fun. They are <laughs> okay. 
So <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I guess, especially with Harley Quinn having kind of multiple personalities. Mm-hmm. Like if we're talking about her when she was a child and she got sorted into Hogwarts and got sorted. I would have guessed like Ravenclaw mm-hmm. because like I said, she seemed very brainy, booky, smart. Um, very curious maybe, about the world. But maybe that wasn't the real her. You know, maybe mm-hmm. that was who she was before she found herself. Sure. Um, but I'm just saying her, who the person she, I don't know, because the hat, hat can kind of see into you too. So mm-hmm. maybe it would have seen that she was more puff than Ravenclaw. But Like uh, Mr. Freeze in Batman universe. You know, he's a villain, but... He's he does the things that he does and he steals the things that he does because he's trying to save his wife. He's also really buff. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got some jock in him, which okay. is Gryffindor. Okay. So I don't know. I know what you're saying. He was trying to do good things for his wife. But it kinda but... he kinda seems like a... but he's all you know, he's also brilliant. So you kinda think maybe Ravenclaw. And then you think, oh, well, he does these bad things, so, you th- so some people would jump to the Slytherin thing, but he's doing them for good reasons, so maybe, you know, that there's some Gryffindor in there, because we've seen with Hermione that she will bend the rules if it's mm-hmm. for the right reasons. Uh, the, the first one that popped into my head, honestly, as like a quote-unquote villain who is not a Slytherin is Gaston. Yeah. From Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. He... Where would you where would you put him? I'm thinking Gryffindor. Gryffindor. Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, he wears red and yellow. Yeah. Yes, he's got the color scheme down. <laughs> he's buff, so jockey type. Yeah. Um, yeah, Gryffindor. Yeah. He's brave. He always wants to go hunt something yeah. or yeah. fight something, and that's just very Gryffindory. Yeah. Brave. Yeah. Bold. He's he's a bit of a uh, a putz, but you don't have to be like. Hermione's probably the smartest girl in the school, and she's not in Ravenclaw. Not Ravenclaw. So you can't just there. There, there are the stereotypes that we think about, uh, and the character archetypes that we think about. With well, if it's like kind of like a dopey, nice character, then it's got to be a Hufflepuff. Not always, you know. Oh, if it's a bad person, it's got to be a a Slytherin. No, you know, like like you said, that's it is a little lazy, and it's it's a little unfair too. Um, also, you know, usually there's something, there's something that happens in the villain's life story arc to make them turn, Mm -hmm. you know, they're not bad until this or this or or everything just piles up and then they decide to make this turn. Yeah. And, um, and really most villains, some, some superhero villains are different, but most villains don't think they're doing anything wrong. Right. They just want what they want, and they're willing to do whatever to get it, mm-hmm. even if that's hurting other people or breaking rules or laws or stealing or whatever. They're just... And I think that's what kind of ties them to Slytherin, is that ambition. Right. That they want to get it no matter what. Right. Like the Emperor in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just that that drive to... To, to be the top dog in the universe. But I could see, so if we talk about Gaston, so I could see where a Gryffindor could kind of do that too, because mm-hmm. Gryffindors are used to being like popular and good at things and good at sports and good, achieve, you know, they can usually achieve things with a little less effort. But 
if they are denied that, which is what happened to Gaston, he just kind of felt entitled to the things he wanted. Mm -hmm. And he didn't get those things. And that's when he kind of turned villainy Mm -hmm. is because he couldn't get what he wanted. And he believed that he deserved those things. And a lot of villains, like you said, there's some reason for it. Some tragedy that they had. They might have been a, a good person, a good, kind person who was just bullied and bullied and bullied or, you know, bad things just kept happening to them no matter how good they tried to do. And they just eventually just go with it. You know, all of these bad things that happened to me, I'm going to do it back to, to the world. everybody else. And yeah, I'll show you guys. So they're, they're a victim of their circumstance, you know, that might not be who they really are. So you can't just say, oh, bad guy Slytherin. Mm-hmm. No, what what made them into that? And what were they before that? So I think, too, if you're going by Harry Potter rules, is you would get sorted when you were a child. Mm-hmm. And most of our villains are not villains when they were yeah. 11, 12 years old. Yeah. You know, so they wouldn't all be in Slytherin. They'd be all over the place. But we don't always know all the backstories on the villains but like we were talking about harley she's changed the evolution of her Mm -hmm. character that we know has is very different very much very different into the spectrum because even even to today where she's kind of went from villain to now she's kind of like an anti-hero you know she's not you, you can't even really like when she when her character first came out in that Batman animated series in the 90s, she was just straight-up villain. Mm-hmm. And now she's kind of like toes the line, you know, a little bit. She's like kind of like a, a villain with a conscience. So yeah. she, she's evolved quite a bit. And I feel like she is kind of getting away from the villainy stuff. Mm-hmm. And she's going to do a little better. And she just kind of wants to be left alone. Yeah. But then bad things keep happening. And right. then she has to retaliate or try to try to set the balance back up um I'm thinking of the movie in particular but um and that's kind of what you know the villain thing is it's like they keep getting knocked down or keep getting pushed into mm-hmm. or drug into that world that she doesn't really want to be in mm-hmm. she just kind of wants now she's kind of wants to hang out with her girls and yeah you know it would be nice if the world didn't end because they live in it. So they will kind of try and save the world once in a while. Right. But it's not like they're out there right. fighting the Goody good fight shoes. every day. They just don't want the world to end because that would, they would actually, you know, that'd be bad for them. So I think it'd be interesting if you guys have thoughts on this. Uh, send us some of these pop culture characters that maybe could be quote unquote villains. In different houses, like who do you think would be like a villainous Gryffindor or a villainous Hufflepuff or a villainous Ravenclaw or a villainous Slytherin? Send those to us, broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter and message us there at broomsticksb. Uh, you can uh, follow us on Facebook as well and send us messages on there. I even set up a Instagram. I saw that. 
I the be- other day. I believe it's it popped up. I believe it's Broomsticks B podcast. Nice on Instagram. I don't know how to do Instagram. It's okay. <laughs> Just give it to me. I'll put it on mine, and when we go to Chicago, I'll. I'll Instagram it. Oh, you'll up. Get, get some pics for the gram, huh? Yeah. We'll be we'll be getting the gram. A little duck face. Pics mm. a lot. <laughs> I what no, I'm anti duck face. So I believe it's Broomsticks B podcast. And if okay. it's not, I'll I'll correct it and I apologize. But I believe it's Broomsticks because I think I tried Broomsticks B and somebody had it already. What? And I'm like, no. They better give it, <laughs> give that back. Because on Twitter we're at Broomsticks B. I believe it's Broomsticks B Podcast on Instagram. I don't know what's going to be done with that. Broomsticks B Podcast. But if anything is done with that, I'm sure it'll be from Jessica. Yeah. Because I I just don't. You got to give me that. Yeah, I don't understand the gram. Give me the access. But you can message people on Instagram, right? Yeah. So you can message it. Drop us a message there. Yeah. (laughs) I don't. The only reason I have Instagram is to. Uh, enter contest and see dogs. <laughs> yes. And I like to use your Instagram because if, if there's any ever a video I want to save, I send it to you mm-hmm. and then it's in my little sent file. Right. <laughs> but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're ever going to see it because you don't yeah, I ever just, check I, your I have no idea how, how these things function. On Facebook, I sent them to Nightwing. Oh, nice. I sent them on, on our ch- group chat, me and him. And that's where I save all the videos I want to go back to. I know, I know, all you younger people, there's a way to like bookmark things. <laughs> I know. You're like, this, uh, excuse me. <laughs> this is my way, okay? And I like it. it Let us do me. it our way. It works for me. Well, thanks everybody for downloading, listening, and subscribing. Again, next month, August. Hold on. Twelfth. August 12th, is that right? Yep, yep, August 12th, Saturday, August 12th, 2023, Fan Expo Chicago in Rosemont at the Donald E. Stevens Convention Center. Get your tickets, fanexpohq.com. We will be there on Saturday at 1130 for Harry Potter Trivia. Tons of prizes for uh, just participating. We'll also have awesome prizes for uh, the top three scores. We'll also have... Free stickers, free buttons, free bookmarks, free t-shirts, all kinds of things. And if you are a listener... Oh, I like that. Sorry, uh, had to get that in there. If you're a listener, come up and tell us something that only a listener of this podcast would know. If you can come up with like a factoid like the the Ken Rhino Diet Coke story <laughs> or the, the Boo Rhino Seta story something like that something that only a listener of this podcast would know then we might have to like do a special prize for that person so if you're a listener of this podcast come and see us at fan expo chicago uh august 10th 11th 12th and 13th but we will be there the 12th at 11:30 for harry potter trivia in the cosplay red carpet area thanks everybody for downloading listening and subscribing special thanks to jennifer Catherine, luke amelia jane ronnie anastasia kelly and olivia until next time be a wizard be a witch be a muggle be a squib but don't be a jerk or a get bye bye i got some magic in me every time i touch that track it turns into 